see, are we live? I think we are live. All right, what's up, guys? John Sintes here, Cutter Nation Podcast. Got an absolute legend back on. Guest of the year, by the way, two-time champion, first repeat offender, Diamond Hall. Diamond, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How you been? Dude, I'm great. I'm happy that we got this scheduled in. You sent me a message a while ago about trying to get this thing going, yeah, and man, I'm man. pumped. I'm Just... pumped. But first, you guys know what's coming. Run over to my uh, my online store. You can check out some of my awesome gear. It's getting a little chilly this morning. I got some sick hoodies. I'm out of hats right now, but you can see what they look like on over here. I got to put another order in. You can get awesome like Strikeout Savage, Strikeout Season. Like I'm just about that domination life. We got to do it in one. Go over to the link in my bio. You can get J-bands, tap-weighted balls, flush bands, anything that's going to help you, uh, what I use on my athletes to uh, help us get better and recover. So without further ado, if you don't, don't know who the best mental skills coach game, guy in the game is, it's Diamond Hall. Diamond, why don't you, uh, for the people who are who didn't know you're a second-time uh, offender here on Cutter Nation Podcast, what tell everybody about you, where you're from, and what your deal is. Oh, I'm from Dayton, Ohio. I'm on staff with, uh, with Wright State University. Um, I consult with pro guys. I consult with, you know, high school guys, pro teams, um, other Division One teams other than Wright State. So, and everything I do is based around mentality, your mental toughness, the mental game, the mental side of the game, mental conditioning, whatever you want to call it, it's all the same stuff at the end of the day. But being able to train your mind to be as successful as you possibly can on the field, and off the field. Dude, I, I you know, I'm gonna say this again and, and I hope the internet takes this and, and runs with it, but I feel like you're like the Denzel like calm, collected voice, like in my head, you know, uh, uh, there's been a couple situations where where I've been been out and and I've I've been in a group of people and, and that that's one of the things we talked about last time, which I was really pumped about, which was that rhino state of mind. And you you know Everybody loves a good metaphor, and it gets even better when it's something unique and 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 something just you know something that really gets you you know and you know I I'm <laughs> in a good way I'm easily motivated you know I I don't know I've I think I've been fortunate of that where someone says something you know and and you you say something like that and and I got to go do something I got to be productive I gotta you know and and uh, I, I heard uh, my buddy uh, Robbie Rowe I'm not sure if you know Robbie um, but he's He's, he's a mental guy a little bit too, but he talks about pitching stuff. And he was on a podcast recently that I heard, and he was talking about how he'll see somebody on Instagram, you know, either chucking chucking it or doing a heavy pull on a deadlift, and he's shoes on, he's out the door. And sometimes I feel the same way where get home from a long day and not sure if I've done anything, and then, yeah. you know, go check something, and I see somebody doing some crazy stuff, and I might hop down and do 15 push-ups at least or something. <laughs> not, not feel like I'm completely lazy. Yeah. Um, so what's going on? You said you got some stuff for me. What what uh what's new? What's what's going on in in the uh, mental skills coach world? You know, with, I mean, with the legend. Kind of jumping off what you just said, man. One of the things that uh, one of the things I talk about is you know is that motivation is great. Motivation is good, but at the end of the day, it comes down to discipline. Like it comes down to discipline with the process and um, understanding that like. I mean, one thing I tell all of our guys is like, you're not always going to be motivated to, to get this working. You're not always going to be motivated. Like motivation kind of comes and goes. It's kind of temporary sometimes, but discipline like that lasts forever. 
So if you're able to stay disciplined with the things that allow you to be successful for all the players that are watching, like that's what's going to get you where you want to go. And then once you, when you, whenever you do get motivated, like you feed off of it, like you just said, like you make sure, like all right, like I need to go get some work, and if I just, you know what I mean, like you feed off of it. You oh yeah. Always milk your motivation. Never get motivated and then don't do anything about it. Like use that to your advantage, you know. So. Yeah, dropping knowledge, dropping knowledge already this morning. Yeah, like, man. you know, I I, I tell, um, there's there's a couple things that really resonate with me, and and especially with a lot of uh, things going on in the world and how they are today, and I feel like you know. At one moment, you could really see that, you know, everything's calm, cool, collect in the baseball world. But then, you know, we got some other things going on in our country that are weird and, and don't really have, you know, understand. But there's one thing that's always, always been there, which is like, you know, you can always train. You can always go to the gym. You know, it's an escape of life. There's some things going. And, and um, you know, I heard this a while ago, and, and I'm sure you're going to know it more than I am. But, you know, to create a habit, you have to do something seven or eight days in a row. And, you know, my fiance is constantly on me, you know, about like, you're going to throw, you're going to train yeah. again, you know, and, and I, I just, I literally feel guilty if I don't get up and be productive. Like today we got up, you're a little bit ahead of me over there, but I got up, set up for the podcast and I'm ready to go, you know, but yeah. on the inside, I'm like, I didn't get up and work out, man. What are you doing? You know, but yeah. I know that after this, I'm going to go knock this out. But, you know, my my mental, you know, my 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 mental scheduling, the things that I got going on, the things that I my checklist in my head, you know, they're kind of eating at me right now, even though I've, I haven't been awake for that long. But I understand yeah. what I'm going to do. But I feel I feel like where are my shoes, where where can I get ready and get going? You know, yeah. You know, the best part about that is, man, like that's that's what that's what you want every player to have. Like you want them to like. If you're not doing it, like, you want your mind to be going, telling you, like, all right, I need to be doing this, this, and this. Or, you know what I mean? Like, that's what yeah. you want. That comes from you building those good habits. So, again, for all the players listening, like, listen to this. Listen to listen to where he is. And this is where you want to get to. You want to get to the point where you're building these highly uh, – you're building these, these, these great habits of highly successful players. And then once you do that, now you can maximize on it. Is everything good? What happened? Uh, I don't know. It just kind of jumped for a second. I'm not quite sure what happened. Um, yeah, but it, it came through. It just kind of paused for a second. I'm not sure what happened. Let me close this hear? out. Yeah, I did. I, I Well, I heard it said, yeah, we got listen, and I'm just trying to clean. I don't know. I think maybe something would run in the background on my side. Apologies. Apologies. Let's try this again. Um, yeah, dude, and you know what's, what's really fun is, is – um, one thing that I try to just, you know, express to a lot of the athletes that I work with is, is when I was 10, 12, 14, 16, all I could do was fun, like where I was trying to get to. I was trying to do what I could. I was trying to do everything I could to absolutely get to. I wanted to play baseball at Florida State. That's what I wanted to do. And unfortunately, it didn't work out for me. But I actually I feel like I made a really good decision because when – I had the option when I, when it came down to it, I finally understood the business of baseball and what was going on. And I had a couple friends ahead of me that played there. And one of the things that they told me, they were like, John, if you walk on, you will not get, but maybe one opportunity to make the team. You'll have one shot. 
And it doesn't matter how you do. You could do, you could strike out every dude that, and they may not even take you because they don't have any money in you. And that was a real eye opener. I'm really, I'm very fortunate that I had, I had somebody be able to explain that to me because it was not, it wasn't everything I thought it was going to be, you know? And so I had to do some real soul searching. Do I go walk on over here and make the team prove myself or do I go somewhere and play? You know, and I chose, okay, you know, I should probably go somewhere and play because that maybe get me an opportunity to get back over there. You know, now, granted, it didn't exactly work that way. You, you learn when you get in to the whole college situation, really what the business is going on. And so that's why I try to explain to a lot of my athletes, you don't have time. Like time is the only commodity that, that you do not get back. Like every second that goes by, every day that goes by, when you say you're going to do it tomorrow, that it doesn't work that way. You, there is no tomorrow. There's, there is only today, you know, and, 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 and that's, that's the way I really feel about it. Is that, is that like a philosophy that you feel like you express as well? Absolutely. That, that comes from, you know, maximizing on the present moment, man. Like if I were to say like, all right, you know, if I were to give you, you know, $300 right now, like, would you spend it or would you, would you give it back to me? Like you probably, you probably want to keep it, right? You probably want to spend like, that's the same thing with time. Like, like you just said, like, we don't get time back. That's the one thing we don't get back. So what you have to do is you have to make sure you're setting your schedule up to where you have a full-fledged day of things that you're going to execute, especially especially as a player. You know what I mean? So if you can do that, and when you do that, like that's when you're that's when you're building those habits. And I talk about habits a lot, man. Like habits are habits are everything. You know, humans are creatures of habit. If you build highly uh, you know, high quality habits that will allow you to become the best player you can possibly be, then that's, that's what you want to continue doing. But it's tough sometimes because guys, you know, you know, people in general, like they, they, they look at their habits right now, like, ah, oh, now I want to keep doing that, even though it's not really helping me. Like I want to keep. Oh no. Oh no. We lost diamond for a second. Hopefully he'll come back. Yeah. We were, Oh, there you are. You got a phone call coming in. Sorry. Ah, uh, it's all right. It's all right. You're you're good. Go for it. Okay. Um, you were saying you were saying you're a creature of habits, and and you want those guys to what? You want to build habits of highly successful players. So you have what you have to do is you have to look at you know guys in the MLB, guys like yourself, guys who have been doing it for a long time. <laughs> Diamond's got a super fan calling in. You got a super fan yeah. calling in or what, man? Someone trying to. Man. Sorry, bro. It's but, all right, uh, man. What was I saying again? My bad. You said you gotta. People have to create those habits in order to be able to keep going and 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 stay dedicated, right? Yeah. So I mean, get your habits down on paper. Put down the habits that allow you to be as successful as you can possibly be, and then you make sure you execute those every single day. And if you do that, like you're only going to be setting yourself up for success. You know? Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's that's awesome. I mean, it's. It's totally, it's exactly what you and I were saying about like how, what we're trying to do, how we're trying to create the positive environment, you know, with, with what I see with a lot of the knowledge that you're dropping and stuff, I feel like, you know, you're making a direct impact, but speaking to these players on, you know, a different level. And I think that's the way you create that connection because, you know, some people look at their coach as a very authoritarian like situation and, you know, I felt the same way. I mean, like the two schools that I went to were very military style of a warm up, very 
aggressive, very, you know, and, and there wasn't a lot of people that would be like, Hey, you know, Hey man, like, this is kind of what's going on. This is your situation. You know, this is what we're doing. And it's definitely one of those things that you're going to have to deal with in the future. And, you know, can you go into that as far as like the coaching side of stuff and how things can work? I think that, you know, as when you have coaches that are like authoritarian type and, you know, even this kind of applies to anything, any, anywhere you are, like if you're around somebody every single day, like they're, what they say to you, even though it may be the most gold stuff in the world, like it's not it's not going to be gold at that moment in time because you see this person every day. Like you see him every single day. So it's like, ah, like it's kind of a, a big brother type deal. Like if your big brother gives you some really good stuff that you can apply to your life right now, but you always get into arguments, you know, you see him every day. Yeah. Like it's uh-huh. like it's not going to resonate the same way. So, you know, I feel like that's 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 where, you know, when the middle game comes in, it's like. If you have, uh, you know, a hitting coach that's just talking about the mental game and he's doing hitting as well, like it doesn't resonate. The mental game doesn't resonate as much as it would coming from an outside source because they're known for being the hitting coach. They're known for being the pitching coach. But you bring somebody in like we've done, you know, here at Wright State and you have somebody just focusing on that. They come in, you know, three, four times a week or they're there every day. Like now you have somebody to go to for that. You know what I mean? That understands pitching, that understands hitting, that understands fielding, that understands everything, uh, you know, not everything, but but the whole game to a T to where like now I can now I can tell you what what's going on with the mentality, what you're doing here, or I can ask you like what what do you think you're going you, you know what I mean? So it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting um interesting way to look at it because you know, every time, you know, even when I was on, you know, even when I was playing, you know, the coaches that I had, they would give me some really good stuff sometimes, but I wouldn't realize it until later on because they were, they were the coach at that point. So like, I saw them every day, yeah. you know, I saw them lose control of their emotions. I saw them do this. I saw them do that. I saw them fail over and over and over again. So it kind of, um, you know, picked away at what they said, but bring an outside source in, now it reiterates the same things that you're talking about and it may click with other players. I mean, that's yeah. what that's what Nick Saban does better than anybody. I mean, he brings in people from everywhere, people who are in different professions, like like he brought in Kobe. And at the end of the day, the strategy behind that is I'm gonna bring in this guy to come in and reiterate to my players the same things that I've been saying, just in case, you know, two or three guys haven't really been getting it if Kobe comes in and he says it. In his own way, maybe it'll click with this guy and this guy yeah. and this guy and this guy. He's a genius, man. And that's where, you know, again, baseball is like – baseball, we fall behind in doing that because you, – I don't know. I don't know why, but we're always behind, like, basketball and football. Like, they're always the, the, the leader of the packs. And two or three years later, now we start doing stuff that they do. Yeah. You know, but if we kind of implemented some of the similar things that they do right now, like in the baseball world, oh, my goodness. Like, things would be – Things would be going this way like all the time, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure, and that's what's super cool about what's going on. And in, in, um, I'm really seeing like a big revolution and uh, of of training of you know social media. You know, some people some people look at it different ways. I, I look at it as a, as an as an area to learn. As as you know, you can observe other situations and watch. You know, granted, you know. Um, uh, in this podcast, Robbie brought up a really good thing about, you know, some things that we're doing and, and with when you find stuff online and, and understanding that like maybe the 12 year old shouldn't necessarily be, be doing, 
you know, 90, 90 cars with a 50 pound kettlebell, you know, on their shoulder, understanding what your ability, what you can handle. Should you be, you know, should you be trying to log toss 400 feet, you know, at 10 and 12, you know, working up to that being smart, you know, having someone around you that can help you, you know, that can break things down, explain things. Okay. You know, we, yes, you, you want to throw, everybody wants to throw harder that, you know, but what, what are your deficiencies? What, what can you get better at? What are, what are the things from there? And, and there's a lot of really good training and things going on around the country. And I feel like that we are catching up, not even, you know, I'll go even further. I'll even say outside of the United States, they're doing it better than we are. You know, I, I, I what's crazy is me going down to, to, to Mexico and, and seeing their academies, talking to the people, you know, in, in America, we have this play multiple sports thing. And I get it. I understand. You want to create athleticism. I get it. I understand what you're saying. But in the the reason why these Cubans, Dominicans, Venezuelans, and Mexicans, you know, all these other national uh, countries are producing these amazing MLB prospects. I saw one the other day at 13, 6'4", like 200 dropping absolute bombs. But the reason why is that they're beating us is because they're not playing multiple sports. They're training athleticism. And then they're training the skills in order for them to be able to get there. And I think that's a giant misconception. Like if you want little Johnny to be a better athlete right now, people go, okay, we'll go play soccer or we'll go play football. And then we'll come back to baseball. There's nothing wrong with that strategy. If that's the way you want to do it. Would I do it that way? No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I would, we would, we're going to train as an athlete. We're going to run, you still going to run around. You're still going to do your thing, you know, right. But we're going to do some fun things with maybe ladders, cones, and Frisbees and stuff like that, make you the best athlete we can. Then we're going to train the gym. Then we're going to train the swing and the stuff from there. And you hear the same story over and over. A Mike Trout, a Jose Fernandez, a all these different guys who did not do what, what people are saying. They, you know, when I hear a doctor put out a statement of what he thinks in his professional opinion of an athlete should do, awesome. I appreciate your opinion. Have you ever played baseball? Have you ever played baseball like and tried to play it at this level? Because yeah. every guy that I talked to played something to a certain point and then realized can't do that anymore. Exactly. You know, and even when you know we talked about Kobe just a second out, there was a great um, documentary. I don't know if you ever seen it on um, on on Showtime, and it goes through kind of Kobe's career and he kind of yes. like, oh yes. my god, so yeah. good. So you have oh, yeah. seen it. Oh yeah. man. And when he talks about like the things that motivate him throughout his life and how it transitioned, it, it makes so much sense, you know. You know, and a lot of a lot of kids these days, I don't think they even understand what their why is, you know. And I really pride myself on on when I get a kid, if if you know, when I talk to the parents and the kid about when you're working with me, what we're really trying to do is look, I'm trying to train your son to learn how to play the game, not at this level, not at high school, not at college. I'm trying to get him to understand what the game's being played at TV and why. And then if you understand that, how much easier it's going to be through the rest of the stuff. Yep. I agree with you 100%, man. You know, one thing that you said that stuck with me just then was, was, was Kobe and what motivated him throughout his career. Right? So I break, um, I break competitive drive down into three – different categories. So if you think of like a pyramid, right? Uh-huh. You have the first level at the bottom, 
which is, let's see, you got the me versus you mentality. Like the me versus this problem, me versus this challenge, me versus the world. And then you get to the second level and now you have me versus me. Now you have like get 1% better every day. It's me versus the guy in the mirror. You get to the third level and then you have the collaboration. This is where Kobe has always been, bro. Like he has always understood that his failures, he used those as feedback. Obstacles, he used that, he used those as opportunities. Struggles, he used those as strengtheners. And once you can get to that level, I mean, that's when you get guys like Kobe, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, guys who are just elite past everybody, past all of their peers is when they're at that level three. You know what I mean? And another thing you said was knowing your why. So anytime I work with a guy, the first thing that we do is talk about their why. Because this is what you're going to go back to when that adversity does hit. Yeah. This is what you're going to go back to when you do start struggling. You're going to go back to why you do it to keep you going. Because sometimes we can get to that point where it's like, oh, man, like I'm not seeing any results. You know, I've been doing this, this, and this. Go back to your why. Why do you do this? Keep going. Keep moving forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's easy for people to forget about that. And some people never even – the crazy part is some people never even, like, identify what their why is. So they're just going. They're just going. But when you know what, what your why is, now you have – now you have a solid foundation. You know what I mean? So that's big that you talk about that with your players, man. That's huge. Dude, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's – well, you know, and it really comes down to listening to guys like you and, and a lot of other people that, you know, I'm, I'm just – I'm a mimic, you know, of the environment, you know, that I've created, you know, with – you know, I tell some people it's kind of funny. My, my Instagram's not a normal Instagram. It's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's swings, it's throws, it's plays, it's motivation, it's, you know, it's – it really is a, a resource and a library of, of mechanics of things and how they, how people do stuff, you know, like that's crazy. I didn't know that about Saban, but it makes sense that it, he's just finding different versions of echoes and different dialects and languages to be able to put his, his message in front. It makes sense for what he's doing. And, and a lot of, a lot of my clients that, that, that I work with, I'm always trying to like get, get them to, to see what I see, you know, like, Hey man, did you watch yeah. that? You know, the Red Sox won their hundredth game, which, you know, we were planning on talking about, which is crazy. I mean, I remember there was a time, you know, younger when, when the Yankees and the Braves and all these, these teams were winning, winning upwards of almost a hundred games, over a hundred games and stuff like that. And I remember just didn't understand what the hundred game mark was until someone explained it to me just how hard it is, how many people have won a hundred games. And I think, let me look it up. I think I tried to look it up, but, you know, we got a couple teams, 116 game wins, you know, the 2001 Mariners, they had 116, the, the uh, 98 Yankees had 114, the 1954 Indians had 111, uh, 110, 1909, you know, and the games evolved so much and it's got so much more difficult than where it was. And it's just crazy, you know, that these Red Sox, let me see. Do you know how many games are left uh, in the MLB season? No, I mean, let me see. One second. Let's see what we got here. Today is September thirteenth. Let's see. Uh, 
not exactly sure, but I know we've got a lot, but I know I know they have a chance to be able to get to 116. And I think that's absolutely crazy. Like that's super cool that you could get out and break a record that's, you know, I, yeah. if it is 116, 118, I couldn't find there's there's a bunch of information out there on stuff yeah. like that. But now and then they're bringing up like how many games that these other teams have played because they played less games. These guys have more opportunities. So, you know, in baseball, they're always willing to debate whatever. But, yeah. you know, it's it's just, uh, you know, it, it's very interesting to see how, how the games evolved. And when you watch, you know, you can – what's really cool with social media too is you can go in and, and see a lot of these players, you know, they, they're doing a good job of being like, you know, you, you, I, I personally think it's a it's a – uh, on purpose move by the MLB to be like, hey, when you guys are at the field or you're doing whatever, do a little Snapchat, do a little Insta story of what's going on, you know, behind the scenes, maybe in the dugout, maybe on the way to the ballpark. And, and you can see like, whoa, you can see these locker rooms. You can see, you know, really what I see is that these big leaguers are exactly like us, that they're just giant kids who love cool stuff. And, and they're, they're just enjoying the moment and they're, they're really embracing what makes them get better. I mean, in your opinion, when you hear the story about J.D. Martinez and how he's possibly going to, you know, he could win the batting title, he could win the triple triple crown, he could possibly win the MVP. When you look at his transition on, on what he did in his career, you know, I think he missed three years or two, something like that, in like indie ball. I'm not sure. But when, I, when you look at his career, like he – he disappeared for a minute. For a minute. Um, let me see if I can look at that. His, his preparation is ridiculous, man. Oh man, I, I love it that he filmed. Like he's changing what is acceptable in baseball. A guy who wants to see a swing, yep. you know, um, and and look at it in in every swing. You know, he hits he hits BP and he films it. Then you know he goes in the cage. He films it. He works on things. He knows what he has to do to get better, and it's. It's crazy when you look at, you know, what he's been doing. Maybe he didn't miss three years. Maybe he was just in a different organization or something. But says he, yeah, I think that's what it was. But yeah, man, his his numbers are stupid. You know, like on what he, you know, he did a he was with the Tigers for a while. I remember that, and then he went to Houston and didn't do so well, and then yeah. figured it figured it back out with Arizona, and then now he's with. You know, and it's crazy. You can look at his salary in eight seasons. He was with the Tigers. He was making nine point seven. Then he kind of dropped off, and then he took league minimum at four eighty three. Had a crazy good year. Signed a one year contract with the uh, <laughs> with the Diamondbacks for eleven mil, and then signed a twenty three million dollar contract with the Red Sox. You know, like that's nuts. Yep. You know, but and all because he went back and refigured out. You know, how what? And and he he there was a thing recently they were talking about that. He went back and saw his – once he started looking at his video and what he was doing, and then, you know, the MLB has that library that really you can look at almost anybody you want. Yeah. And he started going through and looking at all this footage of these hitters and what they were doing, and he realized that he wasn't moving the way that they were. Yes. So he just completely decided to make a change, like, okay, why are these guys – you know, the things that I was taught, straight to the ball, squash the bug, all this stuff, it, that's not what they're doing. They're doing other things. And it seems like they're having more success. So once he started doing the research and divulging into it, he realized, wow, not only is this better, it's easier. Exactly. You know, and 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 I am down for efficiency and efficiency and easiness of of movement. A lot of people don't put those things together, but they can be. You know. Yep. 
so J dude, JD Martinez is like the, the 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 poster child for me. Every time I go speak anywhere, like I went to go speak at UCF, uh, one of their camps a few weeks ago, and you know the first person I showed him, the first person I pulled up was JD Martinez. I mean, his preparation is is ridiculous. Like you said, he videos every single session that he takes, and him him being able to study, you know, previous guys. And then learn from them and then incorporate it into his own process, how he moves. His movement efficiency is, is ridiculous. And then the best part for me is, from my area, from my standpoint, so I talk about pre-pitch breathing, what you're doing right before you step in the box for hitters, right, your pre-pitch process. He does the same thing every single time. And, you know, people talk about, like, routines and superstition. Like, he's not doing anything that's, that's superstition. He's doing everything on purpose with purpose. It's the best part about J.D. Martinez. So he takes a deep breath before he steps into every – uh, he takes a deep breath before he steps into the box every single time. Like if you watch him, one of my pro guys actually sent me a video of him facing Justin Verlander before every time he steps in the box, he takes a deep breath and then he steps in and you can see him like release tension from his body. So he's like, mm -hmm. I stay once he gets in the box. I mean, down to the T little things like that. And then it was funny. One of the, uh, one of the campers that was there, you know, he was talking about how he trains with, um, he, he has the same, uh, he has the same hitting guy back where he's from. And he's gotten to see J.D. Martinez, like, how he works. And he said, bro, it's ridiculous. Like, it almost, like, makes makes me sick. And this this is, like, one of a, a younger a younger guy. Man, this is, like, a 15-year-old a talking yeah. about, like, this dude is, like, really stepping my game up when I get to see him because how he he's so detailed-oriented. He's so process-oriented. And uh -huh. he does – literally, he does everything, um, uh, you know, in order to make himself successful. Like, ev literally everything that he does, man. And that's what you want. But it's like people are, you know, how we've been brought, like, oh, don't look at video here. Don't look at video there. Don't do this. Don't do that. Like, oh, no, that's super sick. Like, he's completely, like, changing the game. And being able to be younger players, being able to see how he goes about his work, not only how he goes about his work, but the things that he does specifically, like, oh, man, he's impacting so many kids everywhere, so many coaches, too. Yeah, I agree. And he's, he's definitely, like I said, it goes back to the Internet and how things are going on right now that, Exactly. That people are sharing information. People are, you know, you, you don't really get to, you know, you can't really follow back in the day. You couldn't really see this stuff. Like you could see it in real time, but technology and cameras and things that are going on. And, you know, I, I talked to, you know, a couple of former clients from back home recently. And I remember telling them, yo, like, if you don't have a blast motion sensor, like telling you what you're doing, like, uh -huh. What are you doing? Like, what if I had something that I could wear on my wrist that told me about what what was happening with the ball, and I and and I could get real information? You know, I really like the Rap Soto. You know, a lot of this stuff that's coming out with the pitching side of stuff because it's just it's really validating what I'm saying, and that's why we get the new exactly. facility that I'm at. I put the radar gun up with the screen, so I don't care if this kid's seven or he's 22. We know. When I film you, when you move a certain way, it goes up or down. That's what we're looking at. We're using this this very simple thing of like, okay, you applied more force mentally in this part of your body in this way. We look at it on video, and the the ball, the velocity went up, and the ball were, went where you want to. You know, uh, um, uh, you know the the Jaeger sports guys, Alan Jaeger, gets me all the time with his Twitter feed because he he cracks me up. I got notifications on it, and you know motivation things like that and he'll just say stuff that like 
it cracks me up, but it makes total sense. So I'll, I'm going to repeat something he said recently, and, and you're going to laugh at this too, because it, it makes so much sense because we're in this culture. I feel like we're breaking out of it a little bit with the internet too, but we're in this culture of don't get hurt. Um, you know, try not to fail. You know, don't, don't go too hard. You know, you, you might, you might miss, you might get crazy. And, you know, he's saying things like, Hey man, you're allowed to throw hard. You're allowed to, you're allowed to swing hard. You know, you're allowed to run fast. You're allowed to, you, you, I don't care if you're 10 or you're 12, you're allowed to. And I get a lot of kids that, you know, dads want to win little league games or 10 year old travel tournaments that trophies and rings that, okay. Like you win, if you win, I want to know this. I want to know this. Like, I don't know when the ring thing started, you know? If you win a if you win a ten year old championship tournament ring for let's say Shreveport, Louisiana, what are you doing with that thing for the next twenty years? Nothing. What are Nothing. you doing with it? Like, what is it? Just are you just racking them up and just putting them here and be like, yeah, yeah, man, I'm good. Like, rings don't matter until you get to like, like varsity, college, pro. Yeah. I don't know. Like the the literally uh I don't know what you're gonna do with that one. Dude, you know what I mean? Like, but that's what I see. I see, you know, the photos online of the kids excited about it, you know, and they're doing the Captain Planet thing, you know, putting the ring out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a that's a reference you kids may not get. That's an old they, they won't get that. Old, yeah. But, yeah. But you know, it, it, I I'm always like, what's the point of that? You know, like yeah. It doesn't make sense to me of, of, and I get it, you know, you're trying to maximize you guys going and winning, but it goes back to the culture of what I've been trying to push more, which is train more, play less. You know, if you're not, if you're not at the strength level or the ability level you want to be practicing and playing tournaments every weekend all year, is not going to get you where you want to be. Like I'll say this now, like the strength training is 10 times more important than the 50 ground balls you're going to take or no i'm sorry maybe probably like 10 you're probably going to take 10 to 15 ground balls in practice yeah for in your team practice you're probably going to take 10 to 50 swings yeah. in your team prep maybe maybe 50 swings maybe maybe, maybe. You're, you're probably going to run 15 bases so at the efficiency of the situation, I feel like we're putting this emphasis on practice. You got to be at practice. You got to be at practice. And meanwhile, you know, I'm making coaches mad because I'm going like, count how many reps you get, mom. How how many reps does little Johnny get? Exactly. And tell and tell me if going to an hour and a half practice is good, or maybe we come in and do a bullpen session slash training session, or we do a skill pull down, or we do whatever. And now, now little Johnny had 40 throws, and instead of 40 throws, he's going to do 100 to 150 throws, maybe even 200 with all his plyo work. We're also going to do some arm care. We're going to do some shoulder complex. We're going to do some other, some core, some other stuff. And now we're going to get stronger and actually get better at what we're doing, and really try to try to get better. Try to try to get try to have as an efficient training session to where we can get as many things tackled as we can so we can get better as quickly as we can. Exactly. 
That's yeah. that's what the big thing that I'm trying to put out. Yeah, and that's the way it should be, man. That's that's literally the way it should be because you're right. Like guys only get so many reps in practice, but if you're spending two hours reps, 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 quality reps with a quality coach, now your efficiency is shot through the roof. And one of the things I always talk about is efficiency. You want to balance efficiency and effectiveness. Some people, the balance beam is, oh, I'm very effective, but I'm not efficient. Some people, so it's here, but you want to be here. You want to balance both. If you can balance both, you can find a balance for both, efficiency and effectiveness, which is the way you're talking about. You're setting yourself up for success. I'm, I'm writing stuff down over here. I got, I got you, you're dropping bombs. I can't wait to post all this stuff later. Like yeah. I got, I got do everything on purpose with a purpose. That one got me right here. I'm about to go lift some heavy things after that. And then, yeah. and then balance efficiency with effectiveness also dynamite. So man, you know, and, and I know we talked about this before, but you know, uh, um, I'll tell a small personal story. Um, you know, I, I've written down two phrases that are, uh, very traumatic phrases of things that happened in my life. And Robbie talked about this recently too, but there were two times I was released or a bad situation happened with coaches. And both of them had very um, prominent statements to me that like one was confusing and the other one I understood. I understand now what happened as far yeah. as like why this coach said this to me. And yeah. it was, you know, it was a complete lack of, clarity on the situation really but the first one was and you're gonna like this i was too smart to play baseball and which was really a confusing you know i was uh i had another year to play in junior college and they wanted to go a different direction with my scholarship and stuff and instead of saying like hey we're gonna take your scholarship instead of just being honest about the situation my coach tried to sugarcoat it which confused the exactly. crap out of me you know yeah. he he just said uh, you're too smart to play baseball. If you continue to play baseball, it's going to cost you about $10 million of your life. And I went, huh? What? I don't, what do you mean? And he basically said that he didn't feel like my ability level, you know, after processing, he didn't feel like my ability level was where it should have been. And so they wanted to go another direction, but that's not what he said, you know? Yeah. So I got confused on what he was saying. And then I asked him, well, what do you, can you go in further? And he referenced a, he had a Microsoft Excel problem in like back in November and he asked me if I could help him because I happened to be around his office and I did yeah. because I was taking the class on it. Yeah. And so he thought that was super cool and then didn't really think I was a very good pitcher, but yet they dropped me down to throw sidearm and never really saw me throw over the top, which is hilarious, you know, like in this situation. So, you know, that that's always been a motivator. I've had that written down. And then there's other more derogatory, the way I left at my four-year university, I have, you know, I'll tell you off air what he said, but you know, that one's written down too. And, and really, you know, I have those notes on my phone. I took a picture of it even, I, I didn't even want it digital. I wanted to have a picture of this note that I used to have that every day I'd ha I have it in my locker and then next to my bed. And when I'd wake up every day, I would see these things and be like, all right, we got to we have to maximize today. It doesn't matter what today is. We have to maximize what, and it didn't matter if I was in season or out of season. If I was in season, all right, what can I, can I do more mobility? Can I do more treatment? Can I do some more bands? Can I work a little bit more on my location, on my cutter? What can I do? What can I get some more spin on my slider? What can I do to be even better today so I can be effective in the game? You know, and then the off season, it's all right, what can I do to 
to get stronger, to get to work on my arm speed, to work on ball speed? What what can I do to just maximize today? Exactly. And that's big, man. I used to do the same thing. I used to do the same thing. Isn't it crazy? Like the guys that you see that, that do the same thing over and over, like that you see when you see the mechanics of stuff. Yes. I mean, this is what, this is what the, this is what Kobe talks about all the time. Using all of his, all of the things that people have said about him. People who doubted him, people who bullshitted him, people who, People who people who were negative to his face, people who were negative behind his back, talking about him behind his back. Like you use that stuff as motivation to go. You put that shit down and you put that in your locker, bro. And you look at that every single day. And once you start like letting up a little bit, you look at that and then you're gonna be like, God, nah, like I, I can't let this dude be right. Yeah. You know? Like that's one of the most ultimate sources of motivation, you know, when I think about it, is like using those things what people are saying. Not necessarily, you know, people talk about like, oh, you can't control what other people say. But at the end of the day, I can use it to my advantage. I can definitely use it to my competitive advantage. And yeah. that's what I want to do, which is exactly what you've been doing. Ben. That's that's huge, man. Dude, that, there's I'm, I, I don't know how, you know, I think my brain, I can like get into situations and remember stuff. You know, it's I've always been able to like process visually like that. And there was. One particular scene that was in that um, that Muse documentary that really got me because I actually I remember seeing Kobe doing the interview after his Achilles, and we actually saw Kobe go Mamba from this point in the middle of this interview because it was right after he hurt his Achilles, and some amazing human asked him this aggressive question like I couldn't believe like who has the balls to ask Kobe Bryant this question. Right after he hurts his Achilles, do you think this injury is going to cause you to retire? And we're talking hours, at, not even a day after you to process. And you're going to ask, and he's like, you can see he's calm, he's Kobe, he's quiet, everything. He's answering it, you know, very collected. He understands. He's processing. He's trying not to say anything bad, but yet he's still trying to be honest about the situation. You know, you can tell he's bummed. You yeah. know, and then here comes Captain Amazing over here asking the strong question, the face changes, the tone changes, and he goes, he just straight up calls the guy out. He goes, how are you going to ask me that question right now? Like, give me a second. Let me process. You know, and and he's right, you know. And then it cuts to the very next thing about how the days he didn't want to go to the training room to, to work on it, the days, you know, and, and he would pull up these little highlight reels of him not even in him not even in 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 the game in the NBA in in high school and looking at looking at his why like him knowing where he's at and then thinking about that dude and then he goes over and he like gimps over to this little spot and then puts a puts two 45 pound plates on his knee and starts doing cab races and there's nobody in there just him yep and then it, it pops up afterwards that it's 5:30 in the morning and no one's even at the training facility. Mm. And then he says something like, yeah, my training session starts at 9. I'm like, uh, <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> you know what I mean? And That's it's, the best dude, man. Dude, it's, you know, I, I just wish I wish that we could really help some of these, these kids and these athletes start looking at the mechanics of how things are going. You know, that's one of the things I picked up with Gary Vee. I know you, you're a big Gary Vee guy, too. And, yeah. you know, 
he never really said it that way. He always says, watch what, what I do, you know, and how I do it, but don't listen to me. And it makes sense because what he's saying is, you know, I'm giving you the answer, exactly. but I'm just not telling you how to do it. Just watch how I do things. And when exactly. you, when you look at these guys and how they do it, it makes total sense. But you also have to understand that, you know, maybe deadlifting 400 pounds at 12 years old is not exactly what's going to be, but you could get there. You know, anybody, anybody can get there. You know, do you think that if you, with the right mechanics, with the right, I don't want to say luck because I feel like sometimes it is a little bit of, of a luck situation, but I feel like when you eliminate the luck percentage on what your goal is and, and you go after the mechanics of what you can control, do you feel like that's, something that you try to open with a lot of the guys that you work with like hey man if this is your goal if you reverse engineer it back to where what you did this is these are the things that you have to do yep that's literally exactly what we talked about last week we did uh we did a goal setting session and what we did was we reverse engineered from their long-term goals we reverse engineered all the way down to what they have to do every single day all the way down to what they have to do every single week all the way down to what they want to be at the end of this month like, what do I, what do I want to become? How am I going to become it? What do I need to do in order to get there? Like, that's, that's literally the same thing we talked about last week. And when you do that, when you go about that reverse engineering process, like you're setting yourself up for success. And this is kind of where, you know, in the future, I want to be able to have like a, maybe a course, maybe multiple courses on how to do things like this, because I'm doing it with these guys now, but I want to be able to give it to everybody else. Everybody else is looking at the social media, like, oh man, like this guy's motivational, this guy's this. But to me, my personal opinion, like when I look at myself in the mirror, like I, I don't view myself as a motivational speaker. Like, I, you know, people have me come in and speak, but I'm just going to, the passion for, for the mentality side of the game, for the mental side of the game, is just going to seep out. And then for other people, like, like I motivate them. You know what I mean? But it's yeah. just my passion for it because I understand how important these things that we're talking about are. You talk about the mentality and how to use adversity to your advantage, how to how to take obstacles and use them as opportunities. Like these are all the things that that players are not getting in high school. They're not getting this stuff from their coaches, so they need to get it from somewhere else. And I'm fine with being the forefront of that, man. Um, one of my goals is to be, you know, the forefront of innovation when it does come to the mental side of the game, and to be able to like, uh, you know, three years from now, hey, like I got this, I got this this system that that you can get that you'll be able to take all your players through. They'll know this, 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 and this at the end of the, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I yeah. want to be able to do. But it's just so tough yeah. doing it because, because the, uh, right now is kind of the buy-in phase for the baseball world. Like, they, it's been given to us in, in, in a weird way these past 20 years, baseball-wise. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, um, deliver it in a way to, to where players are like, oh, like, I need, I want to do this. Like, I want to get better at this. Like this is just as important as strength and conditioning to me. Yeah. Because, but, but, you know, I have to, you know, I have to trust the process as well. Same thing I tell everybody. I have to trust the process and, and make sure I'm taking it one step at a time and delivering information just a little, a little bit at a time to get people like, okay, like this is something I need to be doing on a daily basis. And we've already started doing it. This is the first time it was done last year in college baseball, but still, you know, even after that, there comes a process of, like, okay, now, 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 how do I incorporate that into my program? And I've had a whole, a ton of coaches reach out to me. Okay, how do I incorporate what you're doing into my program? And that's kind of where I want to go, you know, from here on out. Not only helping, not only giving valuable information and systems to coaches, but to players too. Because at the end of the day, you know, I can give a coach 
um, you know, a whole system on the mental game and how he can implement it into his program. But if your players aren't bought in, then they're not going to care about it. You totally. know what I mean? Totally understand. Yeah. So I'm, that, I'm... That's kind of where, you know, that's where, I, where I've kind of been using social media is for like the players. So you guys can understand throughout these, you know, next, next one or two years that this is important. This is what you do here. This is what you do there. Now you can monetize on it. You can create a system for everybody, for all the players who are in high school, middle school. You, you put it at different levels. You know what I mean? Because at the end of yeah. the day, like, like the, the younger generation that, that, that is on social media, um, like we didn't have when we were younger, they're not going to read like, like me and you have. They're, they may not have a bookshelf of stuff, uh, you know, when they get older. They're going to have a bunch of ebooks on their phones. They're yeah. going to have videos that they want to go to on their phones. They're going to have apps they want to go to on their phones. But they're, they're, you know, they're different. So I have to be able to adapt to them and deliver information in the way they're going to, you know, the way they're going to take it in. So, Dude, yeah. And you just made me think about me. I, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to throw something out there. You can take this too. I yeah. feel like I want to change you from, all right. So what, what was your title? What were you calling it? Mental what? So it was the mental game development coordinator. Okay. Last, mental, this year is the director of peak performance. Director of peak performance. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because I even just thought about something too. Like, I feel like we could even shorten it again because like you, you got here, now you're here. I yeah. think I think you're a performance strategist. That's what I think. Like you, you are. Yeah, that just kind of hit me a little <laughs> bit there. Like, because I, I think really, <laughs> if you look at what you're doing, and and how people could benefit from you, you're taking their time, right? Breaking yeah. it down into what categories they have it, and then reorganizing it in a way that is more efficient. You know, and I, dude, I mean. Performance strategy on life is is something that I think a lot of baseball players get get stuck into. And, and, you know, I think that the generation technology and how things go, there's definitely an accountability thing. And, and, you know, I keep saying Robbie, but Robbie and I talk all the time. But, you know, he started a thing and, you know, I'll tag you in it for my I would have I would have tagged you. You'd have been the perfect person for it. But. My mentions and stuff aren't working right now on on Instagram, so IG figure it out. You know, it's the that's the life to this whole situation. It's the air, um, but uh, they're calling it September accountability. And every day, you know, Robbie's got uh, a group of people up to like thirty or forty people that are tagging each other every day, and they got better in some way through September. So they're trying to go thirty for thirty for thirty all through the days in September on September accountability and. I think that just doing things like that, people are learning, especially these young athletes, what accountability is like, what are you doing with your time outside of school? You know, we don't have a lot of kids running around doing stuff there. Every, everything seems to be organized now, but you still have some kids, you know, when I was in high school, fortunately, my mom was a teacher across the street at a middle school. So when I was in high school, I was actually able to just, I didn't have to go home. I, I was able to like, okay, I can go to the baseball field and throw and hit and run and, you know, just do the things that I could try to get better at. And, and I was able to get a couple of my, my teammates to try to do it too, but there was a lot of times they wouldn't. And I, I would hit off the tee or throw into the net or whatever randomly, you yeah. know, on, and, and okay, that's what I'm doing. And, and you just don't see that a lot these days, but I think this accountability thing, when you learn really what it is, it's very hard to, to not, you know? Exactly. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%.
So what do you feel like, you know, on, on your side of it? Do you feel like that it's growing the accountability, like how people are, you know, you got a lot of videos blowing up on Twitter and stuff like that that are, you know, do you, are you seeing an increase in the, in, in this direction on, on, on what people are doing? Yes, absolutely. I've had, I've had multiple coaches like, um, you know, at the division one level, which is, you know, lets me know I'm really doing my job. And even at the pro level, you know, how, do I go about incorporating this in a more efficient way with my program? And that lets me know that not only are they seeing it, not only are they interested, but now they want to commit to doing something. You know, you have, you have other guys who do what I do. You have, uh, you know, guys like, um, guys like Brian Kane, guys like that, but, but I want to make everything baseball specific. Yeah. Down to the T like down to where we can break down what a pitcher should be doing before every single pitch. Uh, you know, or give options of what they should be doing before every single pitch in order to get their their minds right, their minds in the right state to execute the next pitch. You know what I mean? So uh, I am seeing a big increase. And even with the, like I said before, the main goal for social media for me, and it's always been like for the players. Like I got to get the players bought in. That way when this coach over here at, at this school, he does incorporate this program a few, uh, a few years from now. Like the players are already going to know who I am. They're going to they're going to be bought in fully because they know I'm going to give them quality information. Yeah. It's not going to be you know, <clears throat> fluffy, cheesy. You know, it's going to be real stuff that they can apply and that's practical. Uh, one thing that Gary Vee talks about a lot is you know how he's obsessed with practicality. I'm the same way. Like I want to give people things that they can apply right now, things that you can take and use in your game right now. You know what I mean? So I have seen a, a quite a quite a bit of um, of of growth with this with this field and i want to continue you know pushing pushing and forcing the envelope for it too because you know you have there are there are like how to put it you got many coaches who talk about the mental game you got very few who understand it and then you have a handful of coaches who actually effectively incorporate it I want to move the, the the people who usually talk about it and the people who, um, uh, you know, who understand it. I want to give them the tool to be able to actually practice it, to actually apply it to their to their coaching pro to their coaching staff, to their you know to their programs. Um, so that's that's where I'm kind of pushing the envelope. But I've seen a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of growth. Um, you know, even people using the same language. That, that, I, that I started using last year. And that's what I want, man. Like, that's what that's what you want at the end of the day. Not necessarily just because it's coming from me, but because, like, they're getting better. And my purpose at the end of the day is to impact as many lives as I possibly can until my time here expires. Not only impact, but impact in the most powerful and positive way that I possibly can through the information that I've learned throughout my career. So, yeah. It's just, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of my why. That's my purpose. Performance so, strategist. Performance, performance, strategist. performance I like strategist. I like that, man. You know, it, it, I really it's, do like that. that's good. I'm, dude, take it, run with it, put it on a shirt. You know, I, I think I, I really do. Cause it, you, you know, I feel like the, the stuff, you know, when I found your stuff, I told you before, like, I was like, I was out the door ready to go, you know, yeah. and then having this opportunity to, to communicate with you through, through the internet and stuff like that. It's awesome because, you know, people, people need to know. And that's, that's why I, I do these podcasts. I try to get it, you know, I try to, I'm trying to create what I feel like is the coolest uh, um, circle of information from people 
that people will relate to that these athletes have gone through the same thing because you know i remember being in college and googling when google was was like was was the thing before you could really find anything and like how to throw harder how to do this yeah. how to do that and now the information is flooded out there on all these things that you can do and you know i really use social media as an accountability thing even on myself you know i you know i even told my fiance last night i was like man i i didn't get a chance to post my lesson videos from the day before and i, I find that is like there's not a lot of people that are consistent over years of work and things and and i pride myself on on you know today i'm going to make up for it i already got the videos edited ready to post got to knock them out and and i look at that as my own accountability you know and and building this network of stuff and 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 building the business on way of it you know i've become obsessed with trying to become as efficient as i can on these things so i can get so many things done you know i talked to some people the other day and uh first time clients but they've followed me online you know they're basically followed me on instagram for two or three years and they're setting up their first lesson and one of the things that they talked about is like hey we found you two years ago we've been following you since this date i was like wow that's great and they're like you have not changed your message matter of fact you've grown everything you've done since this point and now you know now i'm at this gym that i really i feel like i can do some big time good with being able to have all of the equipment that i can get my athletes in and be like cool yeah. we're gonna get your throws in we're gonna get our work in now you're gonna go get a workout in and then while we're doing that i'm gonna talk about what are you doing with your time outside of school? We the, So there's, there's variables you can't control. School's one of them. But you can control it because if you do this, if you get good grades, right, if you put in the time to do it, it doesn't take a lot of time. It takes a little bit of time. But if you do what you're supposed to, you will be rewarded with having this opportunity. Like it's that black and white. But we're for some reason, we're not presenting this this information to the kids like this. Exactly. We're just telling them get good grades. I don't. We're just not telling him why, you know. Yeah. And that's where I'm trying to. I've, I'm fortunate enough to be around some of these 12, 13, and fourteen year old kids, and I'm like, dude, if you stay dedicated and like you were saying before, discipline and get as close to a 4.0 as you can, and then take a little bit of extra time and and do some ACT or SAT prep and get the best possible score you can on this, and if you go out and you dominate, you're going to get the best opportunity for you to go wherever you want. But we just don't see a lot of people explaining it that way. You just say, exactly. you know, get good grades. Yep. Okay. But well, you know, if little Johnny doesn't know why he's less likely to do it, you know, you're exactly right. Man. Is, is that something you run into at the college level also? As far as, as far as what part of it, you know, just, just explaining the mechanics of why you need to do good in school in order you know, for, for you to be, what, what's the benefit of doing good school where you're at? Is that a, is that a message that you process there? So uh, our, our, our head coach last year, he's at Indiana university now. Uh, he did an excellent job of that. And I kind of, you know, I had a few conversations with the guys, but that's not something I, I usually focus on, but he really touched on that a lot. And um, like it, 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 it correlated, you know, and like you said, it's just a matter of giving the guys why the why, like why you want to do this, how you can influence this, and then how, like how can you do it? And that's what most people usually usually forget. They forget those two. They only tell you the what, but they don't tell you the how and then the why, which are the two most important things that go into the what, you know? 
Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, I didn't, I didn't that much last year. That wasn't one of my core fundamentals, but that our head coach, he did an excellent job of it. And our head coach is doing a good job of it this year too. Uh, he, he just got uh, promoted. Alex Sogard, he's, he's really good. He played pro ball for two years uh, or for a few years. Um, and, and he was a pitcher himself. So the guys are taking it in, man. And when you deliver it the right way, that's what it's all about. That's awesome. And so what? So you guys made the playoffs, right? This year you yeah. made regionals, right? Yeah, can you take us up. through? Can you take us through like how the season went real quick? Because I was pretty excited about that. Because you know, and I, I won't spoil it. Like go over the history of the program and and everything from there. Because I think that's yeah. pretty awesome. So um, last year we ended up making the uh, we ended up making the top sixty four. Made the we got to a regional, won our conference. Um, and we played Stanford. Uh, got to 14 innings, like three to three. I mean, it was like a, a back and forth game. And this is Stanford we're talking about. This is like, this is on national television. Everybody's like, whoa, like who's this right state team? You know, that's kind of what we want to create. But uh, we ended up losing um, in, in the 14th inning on, a, on an error. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was just a, it was just a quality season, man. And when you, when you, when, from my standpoint, when I look at, when I look back at it, it's like, did, did we execute the goal of developing the players to where we wanted them to get to mentally, physically, mechanically, um, and from a holistic point of view. And, you know, I personally think we did. Now I think we still underachieved when it came to, you know, how well we did, obviously, you know, I think we could have won. I think everybody knows we could have, we could have beat Stanford, but, um, you know, that's just not how it goes sometimes. It's just baseball still. So we use that. We're going to take that adversity and use it to our advantage this year. We're going to, we're going to use those obstacles, that obstacle to our, you know, as an opportunity. But um, it was, it was, it was, it was quite the year, man, especially for being the first time that we, that we incorporated like uh, what we did last year with this position. Like it was, it was pretty successful, man. And, and obviously, you know, I went back to the drawing board after the year was up. And I went back and honed in on my processes and how I can facilitate information better, how I can get better, how I can get more efficient, how I can get more effective. And, you know, we started to incorporate those things now. I've started to incorporate everything differently now. Not necessarily differently, but I improved I improved everything that we did last year. That's so tremendous. That, yeah. that is tremendous. Like self-reflection and, and looking at how you're doing things and then reevaluating. That's pain such a hard plus, thing. Yeah. Pain plus Reflection equals progress. Oh, I'm yeah, writing that down. Hold on. That, pain, down. pain plus. Pain plus reflection equals progress. When you look at your pain and when you look at your adversity and when you look at the obstacles that you've been through and then you reflect on those things, most people don't want to reflect, bro. Most people want to put everything in the back of their mind or just compartmentalize it, right? But when you reflect on those things and take the time to look yourself in the mirror, to hone in on your mistakes, to hone in on the, on the, on the pain that you faced, like that's when you start making tremendous progress, period, in the story. But it's a matter of actually doing it, staying disciplined to actually doing it. Because most most of the time, you know, we struggle, something goes wrong. You know, we face pain, we, we get, you know, we face adversity and we don't want to reflect. We want to just be like, oh, yeah, whatever, I'm going to keep going forward. No, you have to take in the information. When you take in the information and reflect on what you did, and how everything went and what you can do to improve, now you have a real progress. Now you're going to grow because you took it head on. It's that rhinoceros mentality. Again, take that, you know, you take that rhinoceros mentality, 
with the pain that you face, with the adversity that you face, and now you get progress, you know? So uh, that that's huge. That's huge right there. You know what, I, dude, I, it just hit me a little bit for what you're saying, because like that goes back to the same thing that I think we were talking about last time, and, and we can even reference Kobe. And, and, you know, when you look at the people who have done anything the best, there's always been a traumatic pain type situation, whatever it could be, you know, even with myself looking at it, you know, I told you I was released two different times, you know, yeah. and then, you know, I had, I broke my elbow and there's yeah. all, it always seems like the people who, who have gone through this stuff experience this such a low, you know, so I'm excited, you know, knowing what I know, knowing what, you know, I'm kind of excited for the guy who made the error to see how he bounces back yep. in, in that season. You know, is he a senior or, or you know, he, got, he ended up getting drafted. He got drafted. So he's one of my, one of my, one of my, one of my go-to guys right here, man. Yeah. Dave so he, get, yeah. A, so he grew so much last year. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And, and I'm sure, I'm sure. And I know, you know, probably know the same thing that dude, I'm sure from the time the season was over to the draft, which was probably only two or three weeks, I think, you know, after after the season, that dude lived in the weight room, lived in the cage, and was just absolutely doing everything he could to better himself. And, you know, how do you know how his first season of Pro Bowl went? Uh, I talked to him a few times during, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys who don't, like, look at uh... – you know, I tell all my guys not to look at stats, so I don't even look at stats. You know, I just want to hear from them, like, how, how do you feel like you're doing? What are you doing well? What are you doing? You know, so I don't know statistically how he did, but um, I'm sure, you know, however he did, he's going to grow from it, you know, and, and he's going to make sure he goes back and does the same thing. Like, you know, you reflect and then, then you go back to work. See what you yeah. got to do and you get better and you improve. It's, it's, it's pretty cut and dry, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think the, you know, the word adversity – doesn't mean anything to a, to a younger younger generation. I feel like we got to find a better word because I heard it all the time growing up, but I didn't know what it was. But I never really experienced it. You know what yeah. I mean? Is there? Do you think there's a better word we can come up with than adversity that's a little bit more? I guess the word I'm looking for is young. Like what what would be a good word that because you know that could be a a thing we could start. First one that comes to my mind is just like struggles, because you know, you know, guys do experience struggle at that level. But you're right; they don't don't really experience adversity yet, unless they've gone through something like super traumatic. Um, I don't know, man. That's a good one to think on. That's a good one to brainstorm on, because you're you're very very right. That that may not resonate with with younger guys. Adversity, that word may not resonate, it may not click with younger with the younger generation. Yeah, I mean, I remember my, you know, I think I was fortunate enough to be raised. You know, I'm an only child, but, you know, I had to deal with a lot of struggles of like just being by myself, trying to figure out how to train and do something, you know, but you don't really see, you know, in this generation, you know, a lot of people think, and it, it's a cyclical thing that I've hear every year where whatever generation we're on has it so easy and blah, 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 and stuff like that. And I get it because, you know, technology and things that are going on and stuff like that but you still have to execute something, you know? And, and so, you know, I've got a couple kids that really understand the process and, and understand like the daily amount. And that's where those guys are some of my so, so most successful dudes on what they're doing, whether they see me every day or they don't, you know, we have a, a weekly plan, a weekly goal of what we're trying to attack and how we're trying to do stuff. And, you know, you just, you know, I, 
I thanks to you for putting out because I always refer to your to your Twitter, your Instagram, because I'm like, go follow this guy, because I don't want yeah. you to just hear it from me. I want you to hear it from everywhere, you know, on on everything you can do. Go look at this. Follow this page. Follow that page. You know, and I'm constantly reposting things because I want it to come from multitude of sources of exactly. be like, you know, hey, I'm seeing this. This is what I'm using. I'm seeing that. This is what I'm, I'm listening to this. This is this is what I'm trying to do. And, and you know, I've noticed that I kind of go through cycles even with myself and stuff. And even to the point where, you know, my buddy, uh, one of good friends of mine, um, you know, went all in. You know, here's a good story for you that he, a good friend of mine, we went to the same high school, lived together back in Florida. And he was going to school, basically made a decision where he's got like four different college degrees, couldn't quite figure out what he wanted to do and decided to go to school for astrophysics. Like dude is into science, like crazy, right? Well, at the same time, also kind of found his niche where he and I were talking about where he wanted to become possibly become a YouTuber and yeah. he was into science, but he's also into technology. He wasn't quite sure what he wanted to do. And he got this idea of maybe he wanted to do tech reviews. Well, homie ran with it and then ended up just getting moved to LA for a job. And he's a full-time YouTuber for a media company. And he might be one of the best video video guys that I know. Like we just shot some stuff for him here and it was amazing the knowledge and the you know he he basically self-taught him or he taught himself how to be a filmmaker and he took mm. that that the mechanics the techniques on that and now he makes reviews on stuff and it's unbelievable the quality that he's doing but looking at how he did stuff and he went all in he made a conscious decision of in in the middle of chasing his dream to be an astrophysicist he realized the mechanics, the job market, everything of going on, that wasn't for him. That wasn't exactly what he thought it was. Yeah. But this this thing seems interesting. So he started going after that. And then now he literally moved from Florida to California, moved to L.A. with this giant media company, and he's killing it. And I'm excited for him. But looking at the mechanics of what he was doing, he was dedicated he was disciplined. He's getting up at three o'clock in the morning to to be able to work on what he needs to still have a job, still have a wife, do all yeah. these things, making these sacrifices. And now it's paying off for him huge. Mm. You just don't you don't see that level of it all the time, you know, and, and yeah. it's kind of cool. I keep going back. Yeah, I keep going back to the social media side of stuff because I think that if you're dedicated to the accountability, you know, you're going to see some people, if you're posting yourself throwing or you're lifting, you can actually, you it, don't look at it as you're showing off. Look at it as you're, you're being accountable to yourself because yeah, once you, when you post it out there, you could, you can be inspiring somebody as well as holding yourself accountable because, you know, the internet will get you. If you don't post, someone might, you know, there's that accountability. Someone might go, Hey man, what you been doing? What's yep. going on? Why aren't you getting better? Had it happened so many times. And one thing that you said that resonated with me, right, is, you know, when. So with my Twitter, right, I've had a lot of uh, from older from the older generation, like a lot of like flashback because it's like, all right, well, why do you keep putting stuff at the top of your page? Why do you keep doing like that? It's, it's because I know that somebody the other day may not have seen it that needs to see it. 
And people think it's like, oh, like this guy's all about himself. Like, no, actually, actually, I'm the complete opposite. I just understand how social media works. And I understand that in order to reach my goals, in order to reach, you know, my purpose, in order to impact as many lives as I possibly can, like it's okay for me to retweet this three days later, or two days later, or three times a day because somebody may be on Twitter that needs to see it right then and there. Mm-hmm. And then I get when I get when I do get these messages that say, you know, hey man, I needed to see that today, or I I, I needed this. I'm gonna send this to my whole team. Like that's what that's what I want. Yeah, you know what I mean. But everybody from the outside looking in is like, like oh man, like it's like you're showing off. You're doing like it's it's unbelievable the perception that people can have yeah. about social media who don't understand it and who don't yeah. understand what your purpose is behind the things that you do. So that, that, that that's 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 interesting how you say that. And you're right. Like players should hold themselves accountable in that way because I mean it's a perfect source. Like you're putting yourself out there in front of everybody. Now you, now you, now everybody's gonna be on your ass if you don't put something up. You know what I mean? So exactly. You, you, you're, you're exactly right, man. Well, it's something I deal with um, with some of my. Uh, I've got a couple of clients back home, and and I, you know, it's a very small town. You have a, you know, I I talk to a lot of kids and people send me messages, and I notice. You know, we do have a very grassroots, small town baseball culture with with things going on. And in those small towns, you have a lot of people who don't understand what you're doing. And so when you try really hard at something, they they hate on it. They they it's easier for them to go. Why are you trying so hard? I heard that a lot, you know, growing up. People like, why you try so hard? Why you do this? Why you do that? And it's because I understood, you know. I had gone outside that small town to a big university, to a big, you know, to and, and experienced other things and saw that I wasn't good enough. Like I, I've got to, I have to get better. I remember my dad telling me, as good as you think you are, there's always going to be someone behind you, younger, better, who who's trying to take take it from you, take your job. And I and I, you know, every day I I literally every day I have a shirt that says every day on it because every day if I'm not trying to improve at some point. You know, I freak out. My fiance gets thank God for my fiance because she slows me down. Like I'll go, I would, I would work seven days a week if I could because I don't feel like I work. Number one, and number two, it, it's fun. It really is fun. And I tell her, I tell her all the time, if you see me going too hard or whatever, you got to tell me. And she'll tell me sometimes, hey, we got to stop. Yeah. We got, we we need a minute. And I'm like, okay. Cool. Accountability at its finest right there. Exactly. I'll disconnect. I'll disconnect for a few and then, you know, then I'm back on it, you know, so exactly. it, it, it really, and, and those little disconnects fuel me again for a couple more days. Cause I'm getting, I'm getting itchy on the inside, but I'm breathing on the outside, but on the inside, I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta, I gotta, I need to inspire. Like you were saying, man, we're trying to inspire. We're trying to put stuff out there. I mean, when I say I think anybody in the world can throw 95 miles an hour, it's not a matter of if, it's when. I really believe that because I'm, you know, I posted, I don't know if you saw the thing I posted recently, um, the stats on on guys in the MLB who throw 95. Like that blew up online. But it to me, it, it I've been preaching that since I got hurt. You know what? I'll read it to you. I'm not, did you, have you heard it? The stat no, I, that I wrote? I got, I got 10. I got 10. I got 10 All minutes. Right. Okay, cool. Perfect. Um, This is tremendous. Total number of MLB pitchers with a minimum of 10 innings pitched in season averaged 95 miles per hour or greater with their fastball. In 2002, it was 11. 11 people. That's it, right? 
In 2010, it was 59. Mm. In 2018, 156 people averaged 95 or greater. And I've been saying this since I was in college. Like I saw it on the grassroots part of it where when I got to college, my first bullpen I threw, they radared it. And I was like 86, 87 miles an hour. And I was excited about it. I was like, dang. I was like, all right. I feel like I was throwing pretty good. The next closest guy to me in the bullpen was 93. We were 93 to 100. And I had no idea I wasn't throwing hard enough in order to be – that was a little bit different situation than I was in the junior college. It was the last year of draft and follow. You know, it was yeah. – there were absolute stud racehorses that were on my team. But I was able to be like, okay, I'm not doing anything. So I started asking these guys questions. When did you start training? When did you start long tossing? Oh, I had a personal trainer at nine. I started long tossing with my dad when I was eight, ten, you know, and so yeah. it started making sense to me. Like you got guys like Jordan Hicks who were throwing 105 miles an hour and, you know, you start finding out what their story was. Yeah, he started long tossing and lifting and yeah, he was drafted out of high school at, at 94 miles an hour. And yeah, and he's kept developing weird. You know, he's 22 years old and he's one of the fastest throwers. So, all right, well, you, you, you're running out of time. Let's, let's get a, let's get a preface of, you know, what, what do you got coming up? What do you got in the works? You know, let's, let's get a couple more things about you and then we can get you moving on with the day. What's, what, what's going on in the world right now? What you got cooking up? So, like I said before, kind of, uh, I'm going the course direction of where players want to create a platform where players will be able to like go to this platform. They'll be able to look up whatever it is that they want to work on and I'll have it there for 10, 15, maybe $20. And then I'll have packages as well to where guys can work on their minds as much as they want to, because nobody else is really doing it right now. You know, other than the guys that I'm working with one-on-one or the teams that I'm working with one-on-one, but this needs to be something that everybody is diving into and everybody needs the resource, uh, you know, a, a solid resource that they can go to, um, to learn, you know, how to control this, how to do that, how to do this, like how to, you know, one question I get a lot is like, um, you know, how do I get ready for a showcase? Like, how do I mentally prepare for a showcase? So that would be, that would be, say, one of those, those courses right there. It'd be like 25 minutes. I would give you the step-by-step things that, that I feel like you need to do. You can pick and choose the things you want to do. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of where, uh, where everything's going, man. Those are, those are tremendous, tremendous. Uh, you know, there's some, the how to get there, what people are doing, and stuff like that, you know, uh, even here, I've got a lot of my clients here. I've got a lot of really good pitchers, but maybe they don't throw hard enough. And that's what we're working on. But they know how to pitch because that's what we we're, we're OK. We're going to work on velocity, but I'm also going to I want to teach you how to be. I've been I've been using this term. You know, it's so funny with me, but, you know, uh, I a pitching gangster like I, you like just be an absolute gangster on the mound yeah. to where. When you look at a guy on the mound, they and they see you, they they know they're in for they're in for a fight because it doesn't you can't you know I always tell everybody you can't throw harder than you can in that particular day, but yeah. you can throw a lot slower and you can make it very difficult in the strategy of pitching against the guy, you know, and that's if you can go out and execute those things and be a difficult pitcher to hit, it doesn't matter how hard you throw. You know, it, it just matters how you execute your plan. Now, obviously, the, 
the faster that you throw a strike, the harder it is to hit. That's that's an obvious thing. But we also don't know that either. There's a lot of kids that don't understand that. The faster you throw it, the harder it is to hit. That's why that stat I was talking about earlier, 95 miles an hour, is so important because you have to understand what game they are looking for, not even what game you're playing. What are they looking for? Yeah, exactly right, man. So I'm excited for the courses, man. I mean, whatever I can do to help you, you know, and I'll talk to you about it. I have an idea. You just hit me with an idea I wrote down over here. But I'm going to hit some some quick highlights for everybody at home, some Diamond Hall crushing highlights today. Do everything on purpose with a purpose. Dynamite, dynamite. Balance efficiency with effectiveness. Awesome. Set yourself up for success. And then Diamond Hall the performance strategist, and then pain plus reflection equals progress. That's amazing stuff. I hope everybody at home follows Diamond on Twitter. Follow him on Instagram. It's a great page. You got anything else for us, Diamond? No, man, I appreciate you having me today. Dude, this was a great – I really – you know, this helped me out too. I appreciate it, you know, from the heart, man. This was – this is great stuff. And if you need anything from me, don't hesitate to ask. You know, I got some ideas for you that I think really could – could change some big time stuff. Um, yeah. One last thing. Yeah. One last thing. Don't forget to go follow diamond, go over to my uh, online store. You can check out my stuff, check out my website. I got a little bit of blog on some stuff on there. If you're in the San Diego area, I'll be announcing some uh, pitching camp soon. If you want to work with me or do some stuff, I'll be having some online stuff coming on too. Uh, surprise, surprise. Not really. You know, I'm trying to do everything I can as well. Um, you got one last thing for you. You got one last nugget for anybody at home diamond. I'm out. I'm out of nuggets for today, man. I'm out okay. Of, All right. Sounds good. Quality yeah. over quantity. I get. Yeah. I get exactly. <laughs> Bro, it was. It was. A, it was a great. It was a great session. I really appreciate you coming on. Sure. You guys go follow him. One last thing. Don't forget. Throw hard. <laughs>